I'm excited. We're going to uh, launch into a new message series today that we're simply calling um, <laughs> "All You Need Is Love," yeah, and uh, a little uh, little psychedelic on there. And and uh, if you grew up in a home like I did, you might be a little shocked at the Beatles reference there. But um, hey, we're gonna we're gonna try to unpack this for the next several weeks as we talk about this. If you um, uh, want to share our message with uh, a friend, family member, or a loved one, uh, and you can do that most easily through YouTube. After we record this message, we do upload it uh, to YouTube. We're able to clean it up and give you a little bit of a, a kind of a more produced version uh, of, uh, of the morning. And so you simply go to YouTube slash Bethany Church Fresno or just search for Bethany Church Fresno on YouTube. While you're there, hit subscribe, be a part of that. Uh, if you've got any other questions about what's going on, we try to keep our, our website updated regularly. That's BethanyChurchFresno.com. If you want to participate in giving, you can do that through there, the online giving uh, option there. And uh, thank you for those of you who have continued your faithful tithing and giving through that. It has helped us to continue a ministry in this very, very unusual time. Well, I want to talk about uh, something that's really important. For every believer. I wonder if you would think about, you know, the most important virtue, uh, for every Christian. Obviously, this is a kind of a leading question, but, but when you think about what's the most important thing for a Christian, is it, is it to, to know your doctrine really well, or is it to, is it to go to church, or, well, what if you can't? Or is it to be the church? Is it, is it to read your Bible? Is it to tithe faithfully? Is it, is it using your spiritual gifts? Is it serving? Is it praying? Something else. What is the most important virtue? Well, all of these things are, are crucial, of course, but there's one that matters more than everything else. And because without it, everything else loses its impact. And I'm talking about love. Love for God, love from God, love for one another. The love that God has poured into our lives so that we can pour it out to other people. I think if it weren't for COVID, you probably would have attended uh, a, a wedding uh, yesterday or sometime this month. You would, you would get to a wedding and there you would hear a nice, sweet sermon about love and, and how love is, a, of love is a decision and love is a choice. But, but, but we love the feelings of love, but ultimately love is an action. And all those things are, are true. And it reminds me... It reminds me of, uh, of an elderly couple I heard about after 55 years of marriage. They were just struggling to, to really connect properly. And, and so upon the urging of their, of their kids, they finally humbled themselves to see a marital therapist. And uh, they, the counselor listened to them for, for nearly an hour. And, and he could say, well, they, they loved each other, but they were just like ships passing in the night. And he, he just kind of pondered how to give them some direction. Well, as the couple stood to leave at the end of the session, the, the, the therapist uh, also stood up and he, he said, you know, in all my years uh, of practice, I've never done what I'm about to do. And he went to the woman and he embraced her and he held her in his arms and he gave her a big, long kiss right on the lips. Well, she was shocked and Flush with embarrassment, but of course, for the first time in that hour, a great big smile came across her face. And, and, and the, the therapist turned to the husband. He said, see, that's what your wife needs at least three times a week. And the husband says, fine, I'll bring her Monday, Wednesday and Friday. Well, 
love is nothing if it's not somehow put into practice. Boy, if you think preaching is hard to an empty room, tell the joke is brutal. Uh, thank you, friends. Yeah, there's about there's a bunch of us here, a handful of us here. But love has to be demonstrated. And so maybe in this COVID lockdown, your love for one another has been been tested. Uh, things are a little short with family members. You've been around the same people that, that you care about, but you've been with them for just too many hours. Uh, you know, you've clashed with those annoying people on Facebook. And if you don't if you have any annoying people on Facebook, then you're probably it. Um, uh, last week, I got into a spat with a loved one on a Zoom call. You know, we, we really need love. And so I'm going to read Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15 together. And if you've got your Bible open, just turn to that with me. Uh, we read God's Word every week here in Bethany Church. It's, it's uh, essential for our life of following Jesus. So I'm in Colossians chapter 3. I'm well into the New Testament. And uh, you can always use your table of contents. Uh, if you're using a Bible app, just scroll through Colossians chapter 3 and picking up at verse 12. And the Apostle Paul, he writes this. He says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Always be thankful. Great passage. Uh, one of the things you're missing these days is being able to watch sports, professional sports. Uh, I'm a little sad because we'd be in the midst of, uh, you know, the hockey playoffs right now. Well, um, there's a day that's really important in professional sports that I, I think is really imbo- boring, but it's really important. And that's draft day. It has a big impact on a team's performance. Um, now, so, you know, everything's going on and a team selects, chooses a player. And what's the first thing that they do? That first thing that happens is that kid, you know puts on the jersey, puts on a ball cap that has the team logo on it, and and then he's got to go on camera and say how excited he is to play for the worst team in the league. I mean, that's just kind of how it goes, and, and and we're all doing that. And because he's now wearing the, you know, the uniform of, say, the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Red Wings, you know, we know exactly where that player is going to play. The uniform identifies him, and, and it's the same for us. That's what this passage is about. Paul says, he's writing to these believers and he says, you've been chosen by God and you are loved by him. Now, what does it mean to be chosen, selected? It means you've been given a new identity. And with that identity comes a new uniform, a dress code. And if you're going to play on the team, you've got to be dressed right. No matter how talented the player there's still a dress code. The uniform is not optional. And in the life of the church, in your work or school or home, neighborhood, right? You've got to be dressed out as a believer. A team, or in this case, a church that doesn't do that is going to struggle to succeed. So, what is this dress code that we just read about? According to uh, Colossians 3 here, it's, an, it's a garment 
It's a, it's a uniform assembled with the qualities of love. And so I just want to quickly unpack four ways to get dressed up in this way. The first is to dress in the right attitude. Dress in the right attitude, Paul says in verse 12. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loved, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Or another translation says, put on these qualities. See, these qualities of mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience are, are an attitude. It's a mindset. It's a way we approach the world. It's the way we approach our life. And we could obviously spend all day unpacking just these qualities. But, but the key here is that we practice these or we're called to practice these unconditionally. It's not, hey, be though kind to those who are kind to you or, or, or be humble when you're treated fairly. It's that in every situation, every relationship, even every acquaintance, this is the uniform of the believer. Merciful, kind, humble, gentle, patient. Now, it's easy with the people who love you back, and it's easy with the people who are good to you. But what about the person who who rips into you on social media, right? Will you love them? What about that shopper who grabs the last package of toilet paper down the aisle when you're at Walmart? Can you practice humility, patience, kindness, gentleness, right? How's your attitude toward the people that you're in your own home, that you're encountering every day, that Christ follower puts on an attitude of love. Second step is to tailor it with allowances. Tailor your uniform with allowances. Paul writes in, in the first part of verse 13, make allowance for each other's faults. Another translation for this is forbear with one another. Uh, make room, have some margin for error in other people's lives. You, you know what it means? It just means you're going to let people be human. We're just going to let people be human. It, it hurts when someone treats me in a way that's harsh or unfair. I don't like it when I have to clean up someone else's mess or, or when their insen- insensitivity damages my feelings or my ego. Right? But But the dress code of love means that I'm going to have to let people be imperfect just the way I'm imperfect. I make terrible mistakes. Oh, I've messed up so much as a, as a dad, as a husband, as a pastor. I'm so far from perfect. It's not even funny. But I've got to let other people be imperfect as well. I've got to make allowances. I choose an attitude and I make allowances. Maybe, let me give you an example. Let's say that, that, that you know, in your relationship with your mom, you've got a mom that says things that are insensitive. And it, and it hurts sometimes. Now you could complain about it to your friends or your siblings, or you could you could tear into her for being so thoughtless, or or, or or you could recognize that there are maybe are some hurts and wounds in her life that led her to be hurtful and judgmental. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a maybe it's your 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 sibling or others. You could recognize that that what they do is out of ignorance or injury, and while it hurts you. You could pray for them. You could show them how to love. You could be sensitive. You could be encouraging. You can make allowance even as you lead the people around you to do better. Make allowances. Take a breath. And then he goes even further, the Apostle Paul. And this is, this is where it gets kind of painful and certainly very personal, costly. Paul says, the second part of verse 13, forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Okay, this part of the uniform requires us to fit it with forgiveness. Fit it with forgiveness. 
Not forgiving because I, I feel like it. Not, not because the, the, what the person did was so small. It's not forgive the person who apologizes to you. It's forgiving the person who is clearly in the wrong. They've caused the offense. They've been the one to do the damage. They hurt you. They offended you. They mistreated you. They took advantage of you. They damaged you in some way. And they're the ones that were called to offend. That's our dress code, our uniform of the team that we've been chosen to play for. It's stitched up with forgiveness. Forgiveness means I'm assuming that other person's debt. I'm, I'm assuming the cost of what they did to me. I'm canceling their debt. I'm leveling it out saying, I'm releasing you from what you have done to me, what you owe me. I'm not going to keep dwelling on it. I'm not going to keep ringing up. I'm not going to remind you about it. I'm not going to tell others about what you've done. I'm not going to, you know, break our relationship over it. See, when a member, when members of a church hold grudges against one another, when they remember their grievances, when, when we point out their faults, when we remind them of their failures, you know what it does? It gives the devil a foothold in the church, in the life. And now you've got people that are, have a hard hearts toward each other and the devil just loves that because he's dividing and he's conquering. And you know what actually stifles the work of the Holy Spirit? It makes that church unattractive. And that's what happens when we have those things. And so that's why Paul's saying you've got to forgive one another. Jesus forgave you. Jesus forgave you. You didn't deserve it, but he forgave you. And likewise, we forgive others. I wonder if you're harboring unforgiveness today. It's time to release the debt. And then finally, Paul brings all his thoughts together when he says this in verse 14, and above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. It's almost a little redundant what he's saying. He's been talking about this, but he's saying just over everything, when all else fails, just choose to love. Just choose to love. It's an overcoat. It's a warm Mr. Rogers cardigan. Right? It's a, it puts it together. In other words, I would say this way. Finish it with love. How do you do that? Oh, you just be generous with your compliments. You look ways to, to encourage, look for ways to encourage people. When, when you're at a grocery store and you see that, that clerk behind the plexiglass, you just say, Hey, I'm so thankful that, that you're here. Thanks for helping us out. Uh, boy, you must, you know, must not be the easiest time. I'm just, you know, be the one who's patient. Don't be demanding. Just, be encouraging everywhere you can go. Do that at home. Uh, if you're in the workplace, everywhere you can. Just finish it all with love. See, because if I had a choice between a church that had all the right doctrine, that had the best music, that had the fanciest buildings, that had the most eloquent teachers, or if I had to choose the imperfect church that that's unified in love, that's an easy decision for me. I wouldn't even have to think a moment about it. I... I I want the church that loves and that because that's a church that attracts and then can deal with all those other important things, get to those other good things as well, do those things with excellence. So we have a dress code. We have a dress code. We have a uniform. It's an attitude that are the elements of, of mercy and kindness and humility, of gentleness and patience. It's, it's the allowance of letting people be human to allow them to make mistakes. It's the grace of forgiveness all with an overcoat of love. You bring that together, you've got a great, great church. And all you really need is love. And as you do that with good leadership, all those other crucial pieces like doctrine and using our gifts together and serving our community, those things will all come into place 
But it starts with loving one another. I'm going to invite the worship team back because we've got one closing song. And, and I just want to remind you that the best thing of all is that God loves you. Here, listen to me. Listen to me. You've got to hear this. God loves you. He loves you. He created you for a relationship with, with, for a relationship with Him. And if you're a believer, right, you already know that you've been chosen by God to be part of His holy people, to be on His team. But, but maybe you've never trusted Jesus for salvation. Maybe you've never put your faith in Him. You don't know Him personally. Maybe you're, maybe you're even religious. Maybe you, you, maybe you, you jump online with us every week and you think, well, I'm a church person. I'm, I'm religious, but, but you've never had a relationship, a personal relationship, never started a personal relationship with God Almighty through faith in Jesus Christ. And I, I just want to invite you to that today. It's not difficult, uh, but the God who loves you so much just says, look, it's your choice. It's your decision. God does not force a relationship on you. No one can do it for you. It's your own decision. But you say, okay, I'm ready. I want to have a relationship with God. I want to receive the love of God so that I can give it to others. And it's, we talk, call it the ABCs to say, A, I admit, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of saving. I need to receive that forgiveness that Jesus achieved for me on the cross. I admit I'm a sinner. I, I, B is to believe. I believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for my sin on the cross, was raised to life again. That's what I believe. Jesus, you're the Son of God. You died for my sin and you rose again. And C is to commit, to commit my life to Him, to follow Jesus as my Lord, not just the one who, 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 you know, forgives my sin, but now I yield my life to Him. I follow Him as the leader and Lord of my life. And if that's you today, if you're praying a prayer like that today, if that's where you are, I'd love it if you'd let us know. We'd love to help you with your next steps in following Jesus. It's not difficult. You just pray in your own way. Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe you're the son of God. You died for my sin and, and forgive me. And I commit my life to follow you. If that's you, we'd love it if you would let us know.